Well, hi everyone. Um, thank you so much for letting me share my study. I'm really excited to share it. I've absolutely loved um, doing it, and also it's a really nice environment and place to do this. I've got my director of studies, the wonderful Karen, and also my external examiner as well, uh, Jim. Uh, so it's lovely to uh, be here with my colleagues and, and friends too. Um, I also want to say I'm very, it's, it's exciting, but also feel very vulnerable as well because it's been such a big part of my life for so long um, and also recently unfortunately been uh, been off ill so first day back today which is nerve-wracking so bear with me but um, also a lovely first day to come back to um, so yes yeah, so I'll probably forget loads of things um, but I will try my best um, but yeah I'm, it is, uh, it's lovely to be here uh, so thank you very much um, so I do hope that I'll share in my um, doctoral um, thesis I hope some of the findings resonate with uh, with you um, and I hope I also do the participants justice um, as well. Um, so my study explored the experiences of patients and students uh, and their time they share together on personality disorder units uh, and secure services. Um, that's the lovely long title that often uh, there but essentially it's about what are people's experiences of the time that they, um, they share together. Um, so I've used the term patients because that's the term that the participants um, use themselves. Uh, and it was a, a hermeneutic study, so it's all about the in-depth, raw experiences of people and my interpretation uh, of them. So in true hermeneutic phenomenological style, I've shared a little bit about my kind of feelings now, uh, but I want to share a little bit more, more about uh, myself and uh, my entrance into doing the study. So these are some lovely pictures of some of my foregroundings, which is a Heideggerian term. So Heidegger was the founder of uh, hermeneutic ph uh, phenomenology, um, and uh, he talks about foregroundings, where you've come from and, uh, and where you are now. Um, and these are some pictures that kind of represent uh, those. So uh, certainly uh, the question of doing a study uh, has to come from somewhere, um, which is why interpretivism is the um, appropriate paradigm, because uh, we cannot forego our experiences um, and where we uh, have come to. So, I am a nurse, a mental health nurse, I've worked and supported people with a personality disorder diagnosis. I've been a student, I've supported students uh, and taught students as well uh, as a lecturer. I did uh, my master's study, again supervised by the wonderful Karen, <laughs> um, and uh, that's a, a link to the article which um, I'm guessing the presentations will get shared as well. If that's okay with you, yeah, yeah, yeah go in. So I can I can send them out on the, the, the slides. Oh. I can send them out on the mailing list. It developed on from my um, my master's study, and I really wanted to go back to the things themselves and not look at the therapeutic relationship, which um, is a term that um, gets used a lot, but focus on the time that's shared. And actually, that was a really good thing because only two of the patients I interviewed used that term. Um, so I really want to go back to them things and, uh, themselves um, and also not focus on um, diagnosis. It was in a unit where um, people were being supported with that diagnosis, but um, I wasn't identifying that. Um, and also, um, so extra parts of um, my uh, coming into study, you'll see pictures here from my lovely um, students and colleagues. Um, and also family and friends, which are really important when you're doing any doctoral uh, thesis, any study uh, in general, um, to get support. Um, and I had really wonderful support from supervisors, family, friends and colleagues. My acknowledgements 
and my thesis was very long. Lots of people say thank, wasn't it? <laughs> um, and something that happened as part of um, through my study was I had a little boy, you'll see there, with a little Grogu hat on, if anyone likes Mandalorian. Yes, I've <laughs> seen some nods. Um, and, uh, and that really um, enhanced my focus on wanting to do my study. Um, also enhanced a lot of sleep deprivation as well. Thank you, uh, Arthur. Um, uh, and also you'll see um, a link uh, there to my um, uh, integrative review article. So uh, from my readings, finding that there was a gap in the evidence base, exploring the time that students and patients share together on um, these uh, units. So it was built on my um, main interests um, and it was really important through doing the hermeneutic study to reflect and dwell. So you'll see there, that is me in Blackpool Sea over Christmas with a Christmas pudding hat on. I so. was going to ask you, <laughs> I was intrigued as to whether that was a true photo. It is. <laughs> um, so swimming and running um, were really important as part of me reflecting, dwelling, um, doing my analysis uh, as part of the study. It was really crucial part of doing hermeneutic phenomenological studies because it's about interpretation and gaining deep insights and understanding uh, of the participants' experiences. Um, so during my journey and doing the um, study, I really resonated with uh, hermeneutic phenomenology. Hyde goes the, um, the founder of that. His uh, wonderful book there, I would not recommend uh, jumping in and reading that at uh, night time reading. Lindsay's laughing her head off over the back there. <laughs> um, very uh, complex and quite hard to um, get your head around, which is why it was really important. I read, read and read and read um, and reread, just like Dory did. And I was also just keep swimming, just keep swimming, as well as just keeping reading to try and understand um, uh, hermeneutic phenomenology. Um, and it um, was wonderful, I think, that, and it, was, it felt really uh, at home when I was um, reading around hermeneutics, because I think there's a really close alignment with mental health, because it's about people's experiences, where people have come from, their experiences into the world, and trying to make sense of those um, things, so it really aligned um, really well. Um, and also as much as it was wonderful and I loved it, that it was very perplexing, uh, which is a state that Heidegger wanted, because then you question and you keep questioning, uh, which is what he, uh, he wanted um, to do and I, although it was very difficult um, I had great um, supervisors um, and also reading some of these books and Dreyfus Herbert, uh, Herbert Dreyfus uh, is amazing if anyone is interested, so if anyone is um, at the point of doing any study and struggling <coughs> you, uh, you have times when you feel very stupid and you can't do it but then also times where you just have this deep connection and it is really worth it so if anyone is on that journey um, you're in the hermeneutic circle as, uh, as uh, Heidegger and Gadamer would say um, and enjoy it um, and it is uh, a lovely experience okay so my <coughs> aim of the study was to um, illuminate patients and students experiences at the time that they share together uh, and I applied through NHS ethics um, which was an experience <laughs> um, uh, but a good learning curve um, so I interviewed seven patients and five student uh, nurses 
in individual interviews. And it was important through ethics to be mindful that the patients were in a secure, a medium secure setting um, and they needed additional support, but also not to forget their students um, as well in that. Um, uh, so I uh, interviewed um, uh, them and um, it was Oliver, Mike and Jasper. They spoke of each other um, and Oliver was on placement at the time uh, with Jasper and Mike, but the others either weren't on placement or didn't specifically talk about each other. So you'll see um, here is a, a, um, the structure, the themes uh, that came up from my, my thesis. I used the terms that the participants used um, as, uh, as themes. And I call them themes loosely because they were used to structure um, my, my findings and structure the thesis. Um, but actually what was really helpful was drawing out my, uh, uh, my findings, which was uh, wonderful advice uh, from very uh, helpful circumstances. Uh, um, so this is a, a, a drawing of um, the, uh, the findings um, to, uh, to illuminate what the, um, the main findings were. And that thing on the face there, if you can see, it's not a crumpet, as someone thought. I think they were hungry <laughs> at one point. It's a sponge, because uh, as Fred said, um, the students were sponges. They were, they were new, they were learning, they were soaking up um, information. Although it might be that people are wanting refreshments and want some crumpets at the moment. Hands up for crumpets. Mm -hmm. I haven't ordered any crumpets. Oh, Karen. <laughs> 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 we'll settle for biscuits. <laughs> um, so the analysis was um, unnerving, um, as I often uh, found, um, but was um, instinctual. And what I found was it was the um, phenomenon that we're coming out was that we're just people and we have value. Uh, and this was through the time that patients and students shared together. They, in, in their space and time, that they um, had these connections, they had a laugh, they talked about the everyday, they developed those connections over common interests um, and found that they had value. And this was in despite of the landscape of a secure setting, di diagnostic labels, uh, boundaries and, uh, and other staff. Um, so I'm going to uh, read um, a quote from Jasper. So for the, the patients, uh, they found that they were just people when they were spending time with students. They were um, not mental, as Jasper said, they were worth something and they found a new identity. So this is uh, a quote from Jasper, what he said. We're not these big, bad mental patients. We're just people. By teaching students when I'm with them, I can get them to see that people with personality disorder are not just malignant time wasters we're just people that really struggle with our emotions and feel things really strongly and that's not bad and for students they could help people and make a difference in sharing time with patients and they built connections and this is a quote from Molly one of the students one of the patients wrote poetry and one day he asked if he could read me one of his poems he looked ex excited to share it we went into the little relaxation room on the ward and he read it. It was about his friend who had taken his own life by taking an overdose. So it was a very personal subject. It felt really good because he chose to share it with me. It means so much when patients open up to you and trust you. I felt very fortunate. So you can see the impact that patients and students had on each other. Um, I'm going to read a few more really lovely quotes and there were some 
lovely experiences um, that the participants um, spoke about and you see some, um, some quotes there. So Holly, who's a student, she spoke of feeling like she'd made a difference and this is what she said. I was sat with a patient playing Scrabble. It was lovely, just aiming to help a little bit, even if he forgot in a week. It was nice to help him think about the future and make goals, then seeing him be more positive after we talked. It was nice. And Leo, who's uh, one of their patients, this is a lovely quote from him. I was sat with this student. She was one of the best students we've had. She did things for you if you needed straight away. She'd speak to you and say, come on Leo, let's go for this chat. So I'd be sat there for an hour and a half chatting. She just listened. She had work to do, but she just listened. I miss her. One day, she saw it in my face that I wasn't well. She could tell. So she made me a brew and we went for a chat. So I was sat there having a nice cup of tea and we were just chatting. We always used to take the piss out of each other. Excuse my language. Sorry. She had me in stitches. I had her in stitches and then everyone else joined in. Then I found out she was leaving and I was wounded. It was sad because I might not see her again, but one day, touch wood, I'll see her somewhere. I'll bump into her and say, what's happening? So he speaks of the um, temporal nature of his time with students, limited but limitless. The value of just sitting, chatting, being with. He also speaks of the wounding of being left, but also of hope for the future. And students often opened possibilities for him. So as I was reading and making sense of things and reading and rereading and listening and talking through supervision um, and really focusing on the findings and being led by the participants, wise people said about not making things fit, so um, reading around the philosophy of hermeneutics and being advised to draw um, things out as well to try and make sense of things and what I was resonating with. So uh, taking the interpretive leap was very scary uh, and in true and um, Heidegger style, I made my own word up. You like to do that a lot. Um, so therapeuticness, my uh, new term, <laughs> and that's about this all-encompassing, humane, holistic approach um, that was there and that the, the students um, had. And this was through the, this time and space that the students and, and the patients shared was where they developed this bubble and that was through having a laugh, connecting over common, uh, common interests um, and having this shared recognition uh, and that we're just people and we are valued. Um, and this um, was in like, despite of people's experience of thrownness into the world and their often traumatic experiences for um, the patients. And students experience this balance. So, um, Heidegger um, talked about leaping ahead, which is about empowerment, and certainly that's what was experienced in this bubble. And the students had this balance between uh, leaping ahead and um, leaping in. And leaping in is about taking power away and control, um, and the students experienced um, this. And often what I found was when students were enculturated and they became part of the workforce and part of the one, as Heidegger would say, um, that they became holder of keys, these like, physical but symbolic um, uh, example of power. 
uh, and in that landscape there was this pivotal panoptical um, um, panopticon of the office and it sucked the um, staff in and blew this bubble away and blew the service users away and the students were immune to this vacuum of the staff office because they were focusing on empowerment leaping ahead and focusing on being with and connecting um, rather uh, than um, paperwork in the office as the participants talked about. Uh, now they can weather the ride, the staff even being part of the one, they can weather the ride um, and by focusing on being with uh, and the mundane every day. So some key recommendations. Um, so students should be on all placements, all time, wherever possible, uh, really focusing on the mundane every day um, and really being supported to develop um, hobbies so they can build their common interests and use them to, be, uh, to connect and talk um, with, um, with patients. Um, and certainly further research around having a laugh um, and the use of humour within secure services when you're supporting people who may have a diagnosis of personality disorder and um, students' use of humour, um, further research on, uh, on that. And also exploring um, patient roles, so something that came out a lot was around this patients helping students settle in and teaching students that made them feel of value uh, and worth something is what, what they um, described. Um, so really exploring the opportunities to do that. So I'm just going to read some things. So this study is a call to all to foster the mundane, the everyday, and recognise the humanity in others. Student nurses, you can balance therapeuticness and professionalism. Be yourselves, have a laugh with patients, connect with them over shared interests, and make bubbles. This study is also a message of hope for patients residing in often dehumanising settings, such as secure units, who may have experienced thrownness into the world and traumatic experiences and labels that you can experience humanity, you have worth and value. To students, the time you share is powerful, beautiful and a gift to patients. The impact you can have is immeasurable. To patients, the time you share is beautiful, powerful and a gift to students. So I've experienced moments of euphoria and excitement that I'm going to treasure and then also lots of confusion, complete confusion um, and exhaustion, mainly because of Arthur, um, which I will also deeply treasure. And, and as Liz Smythe writes, perhaps one becomes wise, yet paradoxically one is left feeling humble. So I am just going to finish on a quote. <laughs> In true hermeneutic style. <laughs> so when Fred particularly was sharing time with students, um, he spoke a lot about teaching them. And this is what he said. I don't think there's a patient here that's never been told in their life as a youngster, you're useless. I mean, you can't do anything. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have personality disorders if we, got, if we never got all the wee things happen or done to us as kids. To actually step back and actually, you know what? You might have been useless, but you're damn well not useless now. So as healthcare staff, students, patients, carers, teachers, and humans, go and create some bubbles. That's Arthur, my little boy. He absolutely loves bubbles. Thank you so much.
Heidegger and Gadamer were German philosophers, so that Heidegger found that there wasn't a terminology to describe what he was trying to describe and talk about. So instead of using human being, which had connotations to it and, 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 and previous understanding of what that word is, he used the term Dasein, which means being there. Um, so that might be to bear what you're saying there, about being, being present, being there. Um, and, uh, and what's tricky is the translation from then German philosophy and very dense text to English um, uh, is, is, uh, is quite tricky. But yeah, it's essentially being there and, um, and uh, you know, being, a, uh, being a, a human being. And part of being Dasein is we are always being with others, which was really important within this study, um, and being with, and it's all a matter of care. So he used the term solitude, solitude, um, and it, and that's where leaping in and leaping head is, because it's always a matter of <coughs> care for others, that we're either leaping ahead and trying to empower, or leaping in and taking control away, which is certainly what we do a lot in, um, in healthcare. Um, towards services and towards patients who have a diagnosis or thought to have a diagnosis of personality disorder, uh, which is a very, um, as quoted uh, by, by Ty Peter Tyron, a very flawed diagnosis um, that is often questioned um, and the attitudes that are um, very much associated um, uh, uh, yeah, with that. Um, and what was the first, first bit you said? I knew I should have written it down. No, <laughs> The student, or did it make them think this is an area, this is a patient group that I would like to work with in the future, um, rather yes. than dismiss it? From Thank you. Yeah. We need more people like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, there was, yeah, two two bits. There was the the, pa the participants talked about often having their judgment clouded, and that was something that came up in the mass the master study uh, thesis was that often students can feel like talking to other staff can cloud their judgment of working with people with that diagnosis but actually in this study the students talked about that they these experiences uh, experiences with the patients made them want to come to placement and they felt like they were were something and they had made a difference um, and built these connections and it actually made them want to work within that um, area and there was one of them who got a job on the placement area where she was she'd really enjoyed it and then another student who spoke <coughs> about how she absolutely loved her placement as well <laughs> sorry my, my uh, memory's not great at <laughs> questions so thank you this is why i need a pen and paper <laughs> well anyway, my question i suppose is related to the fact that we're both practice module leaders and, <laughs> yeah. program. Uh, and obviously thinking about you know the structure of our clinical transfer health nursing 
hard document and a very heavy focus towards more um, physical health and adult nursing aspects. Have you had any ideas of how we can perhaps incorporate some of this you know, therapeuticness yes. into our practice <laughs> modules to get students to really appreciate the value of just talking and engaging. Yeah. You know, students quite often will say, you know, it's not a very busy placement, you know, I've not had lots <laughs> to do. And you, you find yourself, you go, that's good, yeah. you just talk. Um, so I'm just wondering if it's led you to kind of think of how we can, you know, bring some of that into students. Yes, yeah, all of them. Thanks, Um yeah, absolutely. I think we, um, we can do a lot. Maybe we, we call uh, the modules therapeuticness modules or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's like you say, focusing on that, just being with and just being sat with someone, which is really difficult to measure or or put into a, a, a PAR document, the um, placement assessment documents, um, and actually something that a few colleagues, Michael as well, is sat there. Um, so myself, um, Chris Connell, Mike um, Haslam. Jane Christone, Christine and Jill. Yeah, and um, we've all recently written an article about um, the importance of mental health nursing identity and focusing on therapeuticness basically and how um, the, the pair documents are often very uh, measurable task focused things and the students in my study said that it felt like their competencies on placement were tick box exercises um, and and certainly that's something that we've um, we've written about and it's being investigated further actually within mental health academics um, to uh, to really keep that mental health nursing identity and focus on the mundane every day which isn't mundane at all and isn't basic it's the being with and connecting and making bubbles um, and that is very tricky for how you then put that into modules and how and, and how do you do that in a, in a classroom so I don't know if there's an actual Answer or <laughs> something to think. Extra <laughs> coming into those modules. Yay! Um, <laughs> oh, we should think about it, shouldn't we? Yeah. Maybe we should just have a room and just have and it, somebody talk about having a nice cup of tea. It doesn't have to be tea. Um, it can be anything. Because I don't drink tea, <coughs> but it's nice just having a drink sat with somebody. Maybe we just spend two hours doing that <laughs> and talking about common stuff, interests. Yeah. We'll have to catch up after. <laughs> So thank you very much, Emma. Thank you.